welcome to Imagine Me and Yuri Kuma. I am Panda. I am your host. I am here with my co-host, Alice. Hi, Alice. Hi. And Cass. Hi, Cass. Hello, hello. And Abby. Hey, yeah. And we are here. Guys, we're going to be finishing up volume two in this episode. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. Let's all get on board the sad feelings train as Lulu goes through all of her emotions. Yep, that's the theme song for these three chapters. (laughs) So we start with chapter 15. Cass, tell me about chapter 15. All right, so we begin chapter 15 with poor Lulu picking up from where she was remembering things last time. And she says to Sumika that... Milne died, and I want to see him, but I can't anymore, which is just heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. She looks so sad. Yep. And she says, this is my punishment. I broke my promise with Milne, so I have to be punished. And she's crying. Yep. And Sumika corrects her and reminds her, you didn't do a crime. You don't need to be punished. You're still keeping your promise. And... She imagines in that moment that her little stuffed bear Milne turns into the actual Milne. Because Sumika sort of presented Milne to yeah. her while she was saying that the promise is continuing. Exactly. And it's it's super sweet. I love this a lot. Mm-hmm. So Lulu is just deeply confused because she is apparently just actually seeing this. She's actually seeing Milne there and she's confused as to why he's here. Mm-hmm. And if we thought this was trippy... Wait till later in the chapter. She begins recalling again that on the day that Milne got hit by the car and she saw him on the ground unmoving, she remembers someone talking to her from far away, which is probably somebody like actually walking up and like asking what's going on, Mm -hmm. but she was too shocked to process it. She doesn't remember what happened after that, and she felt like she was invisible, which, again, the invisible storm is trauma. (laughs) Yep. We see her reaching out for Milne's hand with her little child hand in the last panel toward a glimmering light, which is, I think, kind of meant to be a metaphor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very sad. But instead of Milne's hand, she finds Ginkgo's. Little baby Ginkgo in her adorable little, like, red riding hood is a bear princess outfit. And Ginkgo asks her, you know, what she's doing here. And Lulu just goes, is surprised that the princess from back then was a bear. And she just says, I'm looking for my dead brother. (laughs) Which, kids are more honest than adults sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very, very intense mood. Ginkgo corrects her and says, if he's dead, you'll never be able to find him. My mama told me that's what it means when someone dies. Which... Accurate, but also Jesus Christ, Ginko's mom. I mean, we know she's not a good mom. Yeah. Good parent in general. Yeah. Yeah, this is just going back a ways at this point. Mm-hmm. Lulu protests, but I want to see him. I love him. And Ginko mentions that Rhea told me that when love is accepted, it becomes a star. Then it shines in the sky forever and ever. Once you die, you're gone forever, but love becomes a star. And Lulu thinks... The sky is too far away, which is honestly very relatable. Mm-hmm. And the penny drops for poor Lulu at this moment that she will never be able to see Milne again. And she collapses into Ginko's arm, crying. Which, 
you know, as much as that's a really rough thing for her to hear, there's kind of an implication here that this let her process Milne dying at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she admits that even though this was 10 years ago, there's probably a part of her that's still crying after all this time. Mm-hmm. Lulu is precious and needs protecting. That's true. That's right, even though I ha- shouldn't have been able to see him again. And then she's just like, hey, Bill, why are you here? Are you a ghost? <laughs> and she asks Sumika if she cast a spell. Are you really a, ma- a bear witch who can use magic? Which Stumika doesn't answer. She just says, I'm glad you were able to see your brother. Stumika <laughs> just doesn't answer that question. Like, oh, by the way, she summons the spirits of the life trio. She's an expert at plausible deniability. Does that yep. mean they're dead? No, it means that they're metaphors. It means that it's all a metaphor. Yes. This is such a weird sequence. I know! There is an actual explanation later in this manga as to why the life trio specifically show up here. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's one of those explanations that just leaves you with more questions. Yeah. The easy easy answer is obviously that Ikihara had been watching a lot of Lynch. (laughs) I mean, I I keep saying that Kunihiko Ikihara is the David Lynch of anime, and I'm not wrong. Yep. And Lulu is just shocked. He goes like, oh, no, no, are there more ghosts now? To which the life trio (laughs) director, don't treat us like ghosts, that's rude. And life, I'm going to call them by their actual anime names because I don't think these are literally the same characters. Yeah. Life Sexy says, that wasn't the end of the story, was it? Your time hasn't stopped yet, after all, says Life Cool. If this was fiction, the story would end in tragedy with the prince's death, but this is real life. And as long as you're alive, history will continue to change. And they unveil a picture frame that is literally the flashback device uh, picture frame from the anime. Mm-hmm. With the little title card it uses. In the corner of the frame, in each corner, there's a little bear paw and it's very cute. I know. Oh, I didn't notice that. That is really cute. Mm-hmm. The best part of this is is life beauty, like fiddling with a little remote trying to figure out how to make the big screen TV work. (laughs) To which Lulu goes, you know, this is nice and all, but I'm hungry. Bring us some honey popcorn and milk. Which, honey popcorn sounds incredible. Yeah, I wonder if it'd be like caramel popcorn, but... Probably very similar. This is adorable. So, Lulu has transmuted fully into her little bear maid outfit, which is... Gosh darn adorable. Mm-hmm. Milne is just laying down on her lap like, I am a little bear prince and I'm sweepy. And she is immediately just ordering around the rest of them. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life Beauty asks if they want the milk warm or not. And <laughs> Life Sex is just like, I love girls who so can adapt quickly. Which, fair. <laughs> so they begin watching the rest of this flashback. And... From the day when the prince disappeared, the bear princess and bear maid became friends. So, apparently, Lulu introduced herself to the people who she thought were Ginkgo's father and mother, the king and queen. (laughs) Who are obviously Ginkgo's mom and Eureka. Yeah. Who, she just mentions, Please, king and queen, allow me to work in this castle as a maid! And they are just flabbergasted, because they're like, are you king 
queen? Maid? Yeah, they're just, they are not tracking this. No. I want to stay with Princess Ginkgo. I promise I'll work my hardest. Please. I won't tell anyone that Ginkgo's a bear. A bear? Wait, bear? What? To which Ginkgo begins going, bears are the arc of everything. Arke is the beginning and Telos is the end. Bears are both the beginning and the end of the world. I love when little kids, you know, have those earnest moments where they say the darndest things like, you know, like prophecies of the end of the world and the meaning of all oh, life. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I want to edit this sequence to just have Ginkgo saying, bless the maker and his water. This is just what happens when you're a tiny neurodivergent child. I know, right? Yeah, she, she hyperfixated hard on, on this. Mm-hmm. Poor baby. I feel this so hard. Looks like a cute maid has come to our bear castle. Because you always tell Ginkgo weird stories. That's that's the two of them. I'm doing voices apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I decided the voice for Yanka would be like mildly valley girlish, because that's deeply inappropriate for her. It's because she's blonde. I that is so so rude of me. I need to be I need to be disciplined for this. This is awful. We um, do finally get an explanation for the whole bear thing here, though if you like which is interesting to me. Because it has an origin. Like, this is obviously what my family would call hearty bull, where you say something outrageous in a flat tone, and if, if people are gullible, they believe you, and you just let that, you just keep making it crazier and crazier, which is, you know, her whole thing. And now she's done it to Ginkgo, and Ginkgo's a child, so she, she can't actually call you on your bullshit. I, I, you know, Alice, can you repeat that word for me that Hardy you said? Bull. My grandfather, my mater- my maternal grandfather's name is Hardy. Uh-huh. So it's Hardy Bull. Oh, Hardy Bull. Okay. I kept thinking you were saying Hardy Bull, and I was very confused. Hardy Bull makes sense. Yeah, B-U-L-L. Like, bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Lying to children is is fun and good and a great pastime, but also you need to be very careful. Stephen Sondheim wrote a whole musical about this. Uh, there's a whole song about it at the end. Careful the things you say, children will listen. What is the musical? That's Into the Woods. Into the Woods, yeah. Okay, I, I haven't seen Into the Woods. I know! Oh, we'll have this conversation later! Oh, yeah. No, don't do this to me. Not while I'm trying to move through here. Anyway. We can do this later, I promise. We, we, we are absolutely doing it later. <laughs> so, one Sondheim tangent later. Ginko's mother says, You're willing to play with my daughter? Then you can stay. We're not at home much, so Ginko is often all alone. So that's what Lulu was remembering as being hired to be a maid, which is a lot less weird than hiring mm-hmm. a seven-year-old to actually clean for you. At first I was like, what the fuck? Do they just leave Ginkgo by herself? But then I remembered that because they're like weirdo rich people, they presumably have staff that are still there, even if they aren't. Yeah, she's she's letting Lulu stay because she's like, well, you'll, you'll be a cute little friend for my daughter and you'll keep her from feeling lonely if I we're mean, away on a trip. we did see the Russian maid earlier. Yeah. Thank you very much, your highnesses, says little Lulu. And <laughs> Eureka has to corrector i'm not the queen i'm ginko's father's sister which makes me her aunt ginko's dad and aunt says lulu's little brain which this is the first instance that we will get of lulu thinking that kale is ginko's dad yes her brain is just like full heteronormative so these are her parents right so this one who looks mildly more boyish 
must be the dad. Well, and also, I think Kare, like... Kare is uh, Japanese for him. Yeah. It's like a way for... It's one of the few ways to, like, deliberately refer to someone as male. Oh, it's one of those horrible puns. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Kale after the Greek goddess of beauty. So, but pronouncing it in Japanese, they would say Kare, which yeah, would become she's, him. She's also very confused. And by the way, we we've gotten confirmation at this point because we see at this point that Kale is dressed like Kare from the anime, the guy who yeah who does the whole bride in the box thing with Yurieka. Yep. So like, there is an intentional parallel between these two characters. Yeah, this is a much less shitty version of the anime version, but still shitty in a different way. I yeah, I wouldn't say it's less shitty. It's just different shitty. Yeah, there's no justice for Yurieka in either version. <laughs> so. Yurieka offers to make Lulu clothes in an apron and get her ears and mittens to match Ginko's. So I think this is the uh, mental poisoning that caused this child to get deeply into cosplay. <laughs> Stardom young. <laughs> we infected the small baby. But she is incredibly excited because she goes, I'll be a bear. And Yurieka gently notes, Lulu, Ginko's a little different from other girls. She really thinks she's a bear. To which Ginko responds by gow-gowing, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you can play pretend with her, though. And Lulu just reaches over and pulls off Ginko's little fake barriers. Which it's is really cute. That is also extremely little kid behavior. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's really endearing. Yeah, we cut back to the present where Lulu, still in her little bear maid outfit, realizes for the first time that that was Yurieka, and her hair is different, and then she goes like, Oh, she's so pretty, I want to curl my hair too. To which Milne decides, Oh, I can help you do that. No, that's not Milne, that's Life Beauty. Oh, that's uh, Life Beauty, I'm sorry. I, no, I did the ex- literal exact same thing while I was taking notes. I wrote, Milne offers to curl her hair, and then I looked back and I was like, That's not Milne. That's not Milne. Yeah, Life Beauty gives her a little salon treatment while trying to help her continue remembering. And Lulu remembers being a bear maid and giving Ginkgo lunch. She serves Salmon Meunier, which is... I want Salmon Meunier. It sounds really Wait, good. A- Abby, how would you pronounce this word? It's really funny because you said that and as I was reading, I was like, how do you say that? Okay, I was um, wondering if you might know Meunier? because you were... Yeah. You're yeah. the... It in the uh, inglorious bastards tradition of most Italian and second most Italian, you are the most French here. It's just true. It's true. I don't. I feel like there's probably an American pronunciation of it, but I don't. I don't know. I I always think of Breath of the Wild because there's like for the little bird people, you make this I little know! dish. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Don't butcher me, French people. Something, Something like, like that. that. There's there's an accent on the um second to last. Yeah, I know, but... I wrote in the notes a little... I copied an explanation of what this is from Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, Miller's Wife, that makes sense. Yeah, the feminine form. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it's a, a method of... Yeah. It, it is both a sauce and a method of preparing fish with said sauce. The word itself means Miller's Wife. To cook something a la Meunier was to cook it by first dredging it in flour. 
The hmm. sauce is a simple preparation, brown butter, chopped parsley, and lemon, and the name refers to its simple rustic nature. That does sound really good. It is really good. So we see little Lulu telling Ginkgo to, like, use her fork and chew properly. She basically makes Lulu feed her. Yeah, and, like, bribes Ginkgo into taking a bath with a little rubber duck. It's so Ginkgo- cute. There's a lot going on here, but she's basically taking care of Ginkgo the way she took care of Milne, which mm-hmm. she mentions, even though they're about the same age, Ginkgo acted much younger, which... Being rich and an only child are two things that are going to severely impact your emotional maturity, and Ginkgo doing both of those at once has made her the equivalent of Lulu's little sister. Yeah, it's that, and it's also, like, I, I'm actually going to lend some credence here to Ginkgo hyperfixating might point to there's some kind of actual intended neurodivergence in her reading here. Because this is a little kid thing in general, but, like... I definitely agree. Like, I personally feel like Ginkgo is a neurodivergent character. I just don't know if... I feel like if you ask Ikuni or, like, the mangaka who did the art, I don't know that they would maybe say that they thought that ginkgo was neurodivergent this is one of those things where like you could you could make a lot of direct statements here about like what's the authorial intent versus what what's actually presented for my part in this i'm gonna make the argument of regardless of ikuni's authorial intent this is kind of the character he wrote oh absolutely like i yeah Yeah, I, i don't know if he intended to do it but like I'm kind of moving forward along the line of, like, because this thread is consistent enough through the rest of the manga that I think I can make a pretty strong case of, like, he may not have been consciously intending it, but writing Ginkgo the way he did probably means there was some level of influence on that idea. Creators make neurodivergent characters all the time without realizing it. Like, I, I mean, especially if they are not personally or in a significant way yeah. neurodivergent uh so I, i'm definitely not arguing that i i don't think they intended that but i do think that they intended to write this childish emotionally stunted character that in a lot of ways like that seems to stem from not only being a rich only child but also like some level of neurodivergence because we see that carry over into her her teenagerdom Also, this kind of loops back to some of our earlier episodes where we were talking about masking as a concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, like, the more we go on, the more this reading works. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry, tangent aside, (laughs) while Lulu reflects on this as was just like being with Milne again, she remembers asking Ginkgo if she wants to go on an adventure through the forest and over the wall, which is the wall around Ginkgo's little estate. And she says, I'm sure it'll be lots of fun. Ginkgo says, I want to find the promised kiss. And when Lulu asks her what that is, apparently Rhea told her about it, because Rhea is the only stable adult in this poor child's life. (laughs) And she said, when eternal love becomes a star and a piece breaks off, becomes a shooting star and falls to Earth, making it a promised kiss. To which baby Lulu's very adult brain goes, is this a proposal? (laughs) That stuff is for adults! Matters of love seem so serious when you're a child. Ginkgo is just deeply confused, like, wait, it's not for kids? (laughs) Well, maybe just getting engaged is okay, says Lulu. I think I saw it on the TV. 
when you kiss someone, you have to close your eyes. So little blushy Lulu decides to try and kiss Ginkgo, who kind of just sits there and is like, Are you looking at my notes right now? Because I've left a very important oh, hold on. Uh, uh, descriptive note for this scene. Yes, let me look at your notes, because that would be nice. The, the classic problem with two bottoms. Yeah, this is this is very much the uh, the useless lesbian trope of like. This is what happens when two bottoms realize that one of them needs to initiate, and yeah, we we find out in this in the beginning of the next chapter that Lulu is actually a switch. <laughs> God, yeah, and Lulu just remembers she wasn't able to kiss Ginkgo at that time, and it's chapter sixteen, which means, hey, Alice, that's a switch. <laughs> She who tells the story is allowed to sit. <laughs> we only have one chair at this computer, so I have to sit to sit down and get back Alright, so chapter 16. We start with the splash page to open the chapter is Lulu and Ginkgo in bikinis. Except Lulu has betrayed Bear Kind by choosing to be a cat girl. Yeah, she has cat ears. Which, as we know, are exactly the opposite thing. I don't think that's true. It's very true. It's very known. What would the opposite of a bear be? I mean, because cats and dogs, I could see being opposite. You'd think that, but it actually, you know how like light is different for pigments and light? Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> you know how colors are different for pigments and lights? Kind of like that. Um, <laughs> I can't with you. But yeah, we have, a, we, have, we have a very cute splash page that is surprisingly unoffensive. And they're just, uh, they're wearing little bikinis, and I mean, they're still wearing heels, but, you know, that's just, that's the kind of book this is. And, uh, Lulu is saying meow, and Ginkgo is saying growl. Which is in- incredibly cute. It's very cute. Anyway. She says the gal. Yeah. So, Lulu reflects on not being able to kiss Ginkgo. Um, it is the funniest fucking picture. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> out. She decides that the real reason that this didn't happen is because she also shut her eyes and she wasn't supposed to. This time for sure, but they get interrupted by... Eureka. Thank you. I was like blanking completely on her name. They get interrupted by Eureka, who tells them they're going to the North Villa. And by them, she means Ginko and her family. And not Lulu. And not Lulu. She leaves a little, like, sack on a stick over her shoulder, which is extremely cute. Mm-hmm. And then... One day, because apparently Lulu has just been waiting at this house, burglars came to see all the treasures, and they're obviously, like, moving people. Yeah. Lulu tries to stop them, but... It's told by Eureka that, like, they're burglars, they're movers, and that Ginko's moving to live with her mother in a foreign country. Of course, like, she's still calling her the queen. I will say, when I first read this, I... Because, like, the scene goes from they go on vacation to one day movers came. I 110% thought that that meant that, like, while they were gone and Lulu was still there, they just had movers up and come take everything away. And I was like, did they forget that Lulu was there? I don't think Lulu was supposed to be there. I, so to say, I think that based on this thing, they just kind of assumed that this kid had a home to go to she doesn't really have. Uh, well, I, I took it a little more that, like, this happened slightly later. Like, maybe... I, I don't know. I'm not 100% yeah, sure there, on the chronology. The but... Gap, but based on what we learn in future chapters, my assumption is that they left to go on vacation 
And then after that, Ginkgo and her mother never actually came home. Yeah. Because they had to stay in the whatever foreign country. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, months later, Eureka shows up to move all their stuff, and Lulu gets kind of left in the lurch. Yeah. Lulu is distraught, and then they just leave. And she has believed all this time that she would meet Ginkgo once once again, after being told by Eureka that she's sure that that Lulu will meet a handsome prince one day, which, of course, she does not want, because we have reached the other art, the other side of the of the prince as archetype now, where we don't want to miss. She tells Eureka that she is the princess's maid and her lover, which <laughs> I assume is where Katyushka, or whatever Eureka's maid's name is, got their idea from. Lady, we're all gay. We can it's been, that was 10 years ago, and now to the present day, we're finally to meet with Yurishiro Ginko. And Sumiko's like, what a lovely story. And the Life Bears comment on this. Life Cool asks, wonders if she's allowed if she's a stalker or not. Mm-hmm. And Life Beauty just goes like, like... We should fast forward to the touching reunion scene, because that's where I want to be. The, the touching stalking reunion. Oh, yeah, true. Because Life Cool is like, I'm not sure whether you're her long-lost love of 10 years or just her stalker. And so Life Beauty is like, let's fast forward to the touching moment when your stalking reunited you. Yeah. It's a great beat. Lulu gets a really, Lulu gets a last little bit of this, whatever this is, which I have an idea about, Mm -hmm. where Milan says that he loves her and that she remembers the promise she made to him and thanks him for returning briefly and then she's just like back in her old clothes her her old school uniform ready to go and i can't okay i'm sorry but this bit reminds me of when they're speeding off with in the car in uthana and talking (laughs) about the edge the ends of the world oh no with this sort of like let's go anywhere go over the wall and escape the forest world helping princes and princes just like us all over the world which is what she told her brother Mm-hmm. And she's decided to go off and confront Ginko's mom. I gotta yeah. defeat the evil queen. And save my princess. Ginko's been suffering all this time. I have to free her from this bear curse, which is, of course, this legacy of her upbringing. Mm-hmm. And we get the little Ginko bear who's telling her about how everything in the world is bears. And how, like, you can see this world for what it really is. And all this kind of stuff. And she throws it into the fucking fire. She throws it into the fire after the bear encourages her to eat Kareha. She knows it's all an illusion, but she can't help but hear and see it. So, like, she has to physically destroy the the bear in order to stop hearing it. We go back to school where Kareha is asking about Lulu, and he hears that Lulu went to um, Sumika's house and they had tea and shared stories. I'm going to say, go ahead and say that I'm torn between whether that whole episode was either, like, Sumika's actually magic, and her magic is basically making you have some sort of weird dream quest of unknown Kanath, but with bears, or if what actually is happening there is we get, like, a last two episodes of Evangelion style, we make this really metaphorical, visually. Hmm. Yeah, you know, like, I'm not really sure what to make of the... I mean, I also the answer to that question because they do answer that later in the manga. But again, it's one of those answers that 
has its own questions. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I haven't read more than what we're. I haven't and read I past this volume. And I do not remember why. So apparently, Lulu has been gone for a while. She's not. She hasn't come. She didn't come back last night. And Ginko like grabs Sumika's shoulder after hearing this as she was basically stalking them, and is really angry because she's asked what the hell Sumika did to Lulu. Why did she not come home? And her. she reveals that she heard about the rumors about people going missing and that she's a bear witch. And there's no way Lulu would just vanish without saying anything to me. And Lulu is my only, f- she's about to say friend, but just redirects herself into yelling. Kuria steps between them. As Ginko is about to hit Sumika with a literal brick. No, she throws the brick. She throws it past Sumika. Yeah. She doesn't actually hit her with it. And it, oh, yeah, I just see the brick. It seems off. very deliberate that she threw it, like, very wide afield of Sumika. Yeah. But, like, the threat is there. Like, just because somebody punches the wall next to you doesn't mean they don't want to punch you. Yeah. And Kuria steps in between them, which confuses uh, Ginko because she's like, why are you protecting that girl? Do you love her more than me? Which no, maybe oh she's my God. maybe it's just because you almost threw a brick at someone. Yeah, and oh Sumika tries to calm her down. Oh, what are you saying? I was just saying, yeah, it's just like absolutely wild, just brick throwing, and also just I was thinking how we it just felt like we haven't really seen Kuriha in a while. So it is kind of interesting to see like this is her first like real interaction with Ginko in a really long time. And it just, I mean, I know we've talked about, you know, Ginko being neurodivergent and also just like, she's not in a great mental state right now. So it's just like seeing that just immediately sends her to a pretty dark place. Sumika tries to calm Ginko down by saying that she is friends with Lulu now and she doesn't know where she's going, but she's sure that she's fine and not to worry too much, which is a little naive, but also Ginko is too distraught to think about how weird that is because she's too busy convincing herself that because she hurts everybody, they just go and become friends with someone else and they don't care about her anymore. Mm-hmm. It's natural. And I quote that a criminal bear like me would be abandoned like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ginko might have an issue with splitting or something? Yeah. Like that could be a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Or we, we also find out after this that Lulu apparently just up and left. She just got on a plane. I don't how know how. She- I don't know how she's in sheer force of will. I think this might be France. Uh, Vaguely European. They don't ever specify where she is. She's doing a pog face as she gets out of the plane because she's excited. She's got Milne like tucked into her little. uh, She hitchhikes in the back of a truck, and we find out that the reason Ginko doesn't know anything is because she didn't send her a text until an email until she got to the other country where she does not have service. Womp womp. The dumbest child. She's just got to defeat the last boss and go home. So she sneaks into this house, literally does a break and enter, and wanders in. It's not a breaking and entering if you can walk in an unlocked front door. It, it could on- it could be trespassing. Yes, there's no breaking and entering well, oh, if no, it's there, unlocked. So there is actually precedent for calling that breaking yeah. and entering. It depends on your le- your municipality, but 
even if you didn't technically force entry, if you are in someone's home and they do not want you there and you are there for the purpose of doing some crime and that can be proven, you may be charged with breaking and entering even if you didn't technically break anything. Isn't Kale saying it like a facility? Not at like, this isn't like no. a private residence, yeah, I don't think, is it? It's a private residence. Anyway. Okay. So she, she gets in and just wanders into this house and is very convinced that she's just the cleverest thing alive. She's going to defeat the final boss and finds someone in a bed, which I have instant, immediate, like, uh, what's her name in the three, in the, in the three bears? Goldilocks. and the three bears moment here. Like, oh, really interesting. Well, she hears somebody in the shower and because she doesn't expect anybody else to be here, she assumes like, oh, that's Ginko's mom. So like, I'm in the clear. I should be able to just sneak in just fine. And so she finds the person here. And as she's panicking because she now confronted with an actual human, doesn't know what to do. She smells lilies. The same. I assume this is a perfume that like both of them use. That reminds her of Ginko. And a sleepy, potentially drunk woman who mistakes her for someone else because it's seems to be dark is the suggestion from the dark like background. How I just literally goes, are we doing it again? I'm sleepy, but she assumes it's Yurieka because like, that's the last person that was in her bed and kisses her as Yurieka steps out and freaks out because there's a person here and then realizes it's Lulu. (laughs) Lulu explains she's here to confront the bear queen for Ginko's sake. And Ginko's mom Sits up, thinks of the names, is like, oh yeah, I remember you. You're the maid who was friends with Ginko. It's been a while. You've certainly grown up and gotten pretty too. And Lulu um, understands now that Ginko's papa is in fact not her papa. <laughs> we get the whole explanation. We get the whole explanation of the of the Kare Kale um, confusion. And like <laughs> God, Kali just like like cups her chin and just like introduces herself like she's a fucking Michonin character. It's like big like Oren High School Host Club vibes. Yes, exactly the same energy. And Ginko's just a little too dumb to respond appropriately to this, and she's just too confused over the idea that Kali's a woman. Tate like, rips the sheets off to confirm this. Yeah, and then just and then Kali's like, "Yeah, can we go back to sleep?" Like, I'm sorry, can I pick, we pick this up tomorrow? I'm sleeping. Having a three-way right now is a bit... She's. I don't have the energy for a threesome right now. She gets a little bit of like, what the fuck? Which... Yurieka is rightly horrified. Uh, yikes. This is my trash wife who I can't leave, Kale. She is the worst. Get man. out. Get out, Yurieka. <laughs> God, it's, it's just, it's weird. Um, To finish this chapter, we get the revelation back in the library, because they've been trying to get Curry Ha and Sumika have been trying to go to the library for a couple of chapters now. They do finally get in, and they want to know about Ginko's mother and that stuffed bear that's custom-made, and they find the moon girl and the forest bear, a book written by Ginko's mother. The Tokyo Pop translation has this as the girl from the moon and the forest of bears, which is not quite as cute as the moon girl and the forest girl from the anime, but also they don't really ever call either of them the moon girl or the forest girl in this. So, Oh my god, I just realized that Eureka's name is supposed to be Eureka. 
Yeah. Yes. We get that. Yeah. We get that in uh, two pages. I'm so mad. Yes. The, the whole joke is that they both have names in Greek because you see, they are the faded, tragic couple of this story who cannot leave each other no matter how hard they try. Okay. And Eureka really, really, really needs to get a, some fucking counseling. They both get do. Up, girl. I thought it was a joke about Sappho, but I'm dumb. Anyway, up to you. Alrighty, so once again, we have another bikini splash page. This time looks like they're at a little pool, and it's Sumika and Kureha, so kind of, you know, hinting they're spending more time together. Sumika doesn't have her glasses on and can't see. <laughs> Poor one out. Why are there so many pictures of- I mean, I know why there are so many pictures of them in bikinis, but it's just, like, weird that it's every time. It's definitely been a string of them, and I guess it makes sense, like, they wanted to do all the characters in their little- swimsuits i don't know question mark yeah and so we get kind of a very dramatic shot of kale and yurika because it's from the english eureka (laughs) an expression used to accept triumph upon discovering something and we learn that kale means beautiful woman so that's fun we get that explanation and and we see that this is the book that ginko's mom wrote and there's no photos on the no pictures on the cover, even though it is a picture book. Which is very weird. It is a very strange choice, and they're wondering if Kale is actually a pen name. Yeah, because it it doesn't have like her last name. It just says Kale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um Sumika notes that actually it's the name of a goddess of beauty and it also means castle in Turkish. Just a walking uh encyclopedia there, Sumika. And <laughs> Kareha recognizes this book from when she was a small child and remembers that her mom actually used to read it to her and thinks it's about a bear in the forest who becomes friends with a girl and they realize that the bear in there looks exactly like the teddy bear that Ginko has. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, aha, they've connected the dots. They're connecting them. They have connected shit. They have. Um, and this bear princess that's in there also looks a lot like Ginko. And she's wondering is when she dreamt about Ginko, Way, way back in, I think, volume one. Yeah, it's like chapter one. Like, that's like the yeah. one of the first pages. And this is like that panel from, or at least like yeah. a snippet of that panel. Exactly. She's wondering if she was kind of remembering the girl in the story, which makes sense. And also is an interesting connection to how, you know, this manga especially deals with kind of childhood memories and how they mm-hmm. kind of are hazier and often conflated with these kind of more storybook kind of things mm-hmm. and of course we get the classic line bears of the arc of everything archantilos bears at the beginning and end of everything and then like for a picture book it sure used some difficult words and this is the point when i was rereading and i was like oh ginko just totally memorized this book and then just went around reciting it everywhere yeah that was also the moment that i realized that the reason ginko said that earlier was because it was in this book <laughs> Yeah, it's, there's some, I mean, Simika notes that this book uses difficult words, and this is further exemplified when they talk about how all the bears were Epicureans, beasts who live for pleasure and their appetites, and I'm like, of course Kale wrote this freaking book, like, and is reading it to her small child. Anyway, we have the bears that they say they took pleasure in eating the flesh of humans. Because of their sinful natures, they were excluded from the rest of the world and suffered. 
And the image we get here is something else. It's very similar to the anime, like Mm -hmm. in the very first episode, when we see the history of this world where like the bears eat the humans. Yeah, there's a kind of silhouette of a of a naked dead suggested naked dead woman kind of laying out in the bears. It looks just, like something that you would see on like the side of a truck. Yeah, like a kind of pin up kind of silhouette. Just the woman, not the bears. The bears are too cute. It's literally the joke they did in the anime. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's basically the same image repurposed for this. Yeah, I've noticed they're doing that a little more this chapter, which makes me think that the anime had probably begun its run by the point this volume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. We are almost definitely in the anime is ongoing territory. For sure. And I think even in the little like omake chapters, the, the author mentions kind of looking, oh, this was in the anime. I wonder how I could put it in the manga. So mm-hmm. we're definitely seeing yeah. the, the paths converge here. Mm-hmm. And so if we go back to, you know, we continue the story, some really bold lines up for the panels. To I really like the, the storybooks. The now. art, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very stark. Not a lot of screen tones, except for kind of shading in the bears themselves and some like kind of shadows. And so we learned the bear princess ruled over the bears and she loved human girls most. And this causes an uproar as she's stealing a bunch of uh, human girls and can greedily consumes their flesh. And the bear princess ministers, who we learn are the life boys, warned her that she was eating too many humans and they would go extinct at this rate. Nevertheless, she continues to satiate her gluttonous appetite. And then the full moon shines down the forest of darkness and the bear princess found the most beautiful human girl she had ever seen. And the girl gives her a single lily. And its brilliance made the bear forget about the storm. And the light washed away her sins and turned her lust into love. Because that's how that works it's very (laughs) subtle very subtle here with the lily underneath the moonlight is the blessings of the lilies the bear and the girl became irreplaceable and i love how they do this panda noted it to friends 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 with irreplaceable gal pals is definitely the energy of how this has been it's it's a strange choice it's a great choice i feel like it gets exactly across the point it definitely does. I just like, I want to know what they did in the Japanese because it's like they really deliberately kind of, you know, it has a very different, distinct meaning in English. We just really need to track down a Japanese copy and then with our powers combined, maybe we can figure out the things that cause us to question. Wait. What, we what need is one of us who actually can read Japanese to work on the manga is what we need. Well, yeah, that's more what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's at this point that Kureha says she's reached the end of it, and she remembers her mom reading to it when she was younger, and she cried because the bears were scary. She thinks it's a really cute thing to say, because that's a very little kid thing to say. And yeah, she, we have a little flashback to little baby Kureha. The bears are scary. And then her mom says, this is about me, one of my friends. It's just like her to depict herself as a criminal bear. And we have a twist. We do have a twist. But, oh ho, this was not the end. There were a few pages left. We flip. And suddenly, Kareha says that she gets it. She reads and she gets it. She understands, thinks she understands why her mom died and why Ginkgo is suffering so much. And she's crying. We see a sad Ginkgo from afar. And Kareha thinking, mom, what should I do? Where are you, Lulu? Lulu. It's very like, uh, I'm getting very Star Wars vibes here. Like, <laughs> where are you, Luke? Luke, you know? And we just see a 
honestly hysterical Lulu expression. Extremely good. It reminds me a little bit of like the chibi Hatsune Miku with the little leak. Yeah. Complete the, you know, the pigtails, except she has her little bear growl teeth, just kind of staring in shock. There is a bear Miku, right? I think there is now you mention it. I, I, I've been out of the loop of the Mikus, but I would not be surprised if there's a bear Miku. I'm like 90% sure there's a bear Miku. I just remember my first anime conventions getting a really cheap, because I know it fell apart later, like little Hatsune Miku coin purse that had her with a little leak making like a similar face and it was really cheap and just the glue fell off and it, it broke when I was there is thinking. a Miku in a polar bear Kigurumi. Bear and Miku. I think there's a Miku for every occasion. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and there is like another little figure of Miku in like a brown bear Kigurumi. So yeah, we've got bear Miku. Excellent. And so here we are back somewhere in Europe. And Lulu is getting breakfast, and they're saying that you should eat. You should like you're hungry, aren't you? And she's just still staring, stomach rumbling. And we hear, you know, we see the sound effect for snip, 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 and kind of hair falling. And I really, really can't stand this 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 character. <laughs> Sorry about last night. I was too tired to do anything. And Eureka is rightfully. Angry and with scissors, mind you. What were you thinking of doing to a minor? Plus, she's your daughter's friend. Well, I have to thank her. I appreciate you getting along with Ginkgo. And I just have to say, Eureka's too good for Kali in so many ways. But, like, cutting someone's hair is, like, next-level dedication. And she mm-hmm. does some nice leering here. <sighs> Girl, get out. Anyway, she's, you know, <laughs> asking how it feels because she cares. And Kali's like, I don't care. And, you know... There's just this kind of, maybe you could call it, you know, old married couple bantering. I, I have such a, like, negative, vi- like, vibe towards their energy. I'm just, like, I hate it so much. But they have that kind of bickering going back and forth that I suppose you could read as, like, domestic. They have, like, a bickering, flirting sort of thing that they that they do. Yeah, and... Meanwhile, Lulu has a frankly hilarious face the entire time. <laughs> it's the same face. Unchanged. And they just keep zooming in on it. I think my brain is fried from all the shock. And I'm like, damn, that's me at the end of the workday. Just like, <laughs> can't take a new, new uh, stimuli. And we have sparkly, peak, you know, Bishonen kind of energy. Kale. Bifonin. Bifonin, I think is what the kids are calling it. It's been a long time since I cut my hair last. Wow, a really hot guy. I like to imagine Lulu saying this in like a deadpan voice because she's still got this like <laughs> expression of shock. Oh my god, it is tuxedo mask. I can't believe it. Exactly. That's the line delivery I would expect in this scene. <laughs> she's a woman and Ginkgo's mama. Oh, your eyes look red. I didn't get much sleep last night. You're tearing up. Did something make you sad? I just yawned. And then Eureka's just like, in the background, just embarrassed, it seems, as Lulu yells at her <laughs> to stop with the lady killing act and all of that. And she even says that Kali is worse than life president, which is <laughs> saying a lot. And Kali starts to feel itchy, which is a mood after you get your hair cut. Yeah, I, every time Gwen shaves my undercut, like, I also have to go get a shower because, like... It's 
it's otherwise it will just be there the whole time it's the worst yeah i just i i cut chelly's hair recently and like shaved it and i was just like i i felt like itchy it just gets everywhere <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so some she has to go take a shower and lulu has to remind her why she came there in the first place um eureka's just like take a bath wash it off and lulu wants to take a bath too and then of course kale being kale is like let's take one together mm-hmm. ha 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 Yurika's like, that's definitely not allowed. Why not? And then, because Yurika has no backbone when it comes to Kale, mm-hmm. they just take in a bath together. And it's, you know, it's a nice clawfoot tub. Pretty chill. Yurika- we do get to see Lulu's hair down, and it's, like, long and glorious. It's really long. Yurika's just shampooing Kale's hair. You know, I think Yurika knows this already. She should be fine to say this. She's just kind of, like, Lulu's thinking really hard. She's trying to psych herself up. Yeah, she's pumping herself up, and little rubber duck in the tub is just rooting for her. And um, Eureka says to Kale, all done. She's like, you're not going to wash my body, too. Wash it yourself. But you always. And then Lulu's like... This isn't the time for you two to be flirting. Yeah, which, I mean, she's right. Like, they shouldn't be flirting at all, because Eureka should be with another woman. Anyway, (laughs) I came here to save Ginkgo, she says, standing up in the bath. Hope she didn't slip and fall after that. Oh no! <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't, but it's very dramatic. And then, you know, we flash back to Japan where it is raining, and Ginkgo is close to being wrapped up in the invisible storm. The world's being taken over by bears, and she's a bear, and Ginkgo runs into Kariha again, kind of associating a bit here, right? You know, she looks mm-hmm. at her hand. And as she thinks, I'm and I am a bear, her, her hand resembles a bear paw. And then she's a little bear seeing Kareha in the rain. Neither of them have umbrellas, notably. And she starts to run off, but Kareha tells her not to. And instead says that she read the book that Ginko's mom wrote. And we learn that, you know, at the end of the book, the bear and the girl lived happily for a period of time. But one day... The girl fell in love with a Matagi hunter who visited the forest. And consumed by loneliness and jealousy, the bear created a storm and stole away the girl who had become a bride. And then the bear ate her. And the, we get this very dramatic, stark kind of black and white imagery, like kind of um, like a photo negative effect with blood and lilies. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic. The way that that bear claw is... Like, that's the CG bear claw from the anime. Yeah, that's, yeah. Exactly, that's exactly the pose from the little Kuma Shock. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Kuma Shock. Yeah. Yeah. Kuma Shock! It's definitely, definitely that. It really just impresses me, especially the stark black and white trying to drama to mm-hmm. the silly cartoon bear hand. And Kureha tells Ginko, I really want to know what happened. We flash back to Lulu. Tell me the truth. So... One of those nice dramatic split screens where they both want to know the same thing. Was your mom the one who killed my mom? As Lulu asks, were you the one who killed Kareha's mama? Dun dun dun. And then we have both Kale and Ginko reply at the same time. Kind of the same eyes. Very predatorial. That's right. And Kale says, I killed and ate Rhea. Those are some Higarashi ass panels. Though. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> That yeah, is exactly the, the This is exactly the character sprite in Higarashi right before someone gets fucking demoned away. It's mm-hmm. true. Very, very up. similar energy. And Kareha kind of rushes to Ginko as Ginko's kind of clutching her head in her hands. And Lulu just straight up slaps Kale 
It's Thank good. God somebody needed to do that and <laughs> says, even though she was your friend, didn't you love her? That's right. We were friends. And tears streaming down her face, Kale says, I love Raya, but to her, I was just a friend. I couldn't forgive her for getting married to that man. <sighs> yeah. And we have, you know, kind of these really powerful, just no dialogue panels of Kuriha and Ginko kind of struggling in the rain as Kuriha is trying to, like, keep her from running away, trying to kind of hold her close. Kale continues, if you're angry, then you can kill me. My life ended with Raya's. I'm just a living, empty husk. Eureka is not pictured in this panel, but keep in mind, she's just right there. Like, yeah, I know I don't matter, but I'm here anyway. And it doesn't matter to her, which is the problem. And Kureha is hugging Ginko, screaming, Ginko, nothing is your fault. You're not alone either. I'm with you. You have Lulu too. And Ginko's crying in shock. And we get another little panel from the story with the kind of similar art of a bear kind of lying on its back with a little rose, a little um, rose, a little, a little lily. And so the pitiful criminal bear became one with the girl she loved forever and ever. Important yeah. to note that the bear is laying back with the flower in like a, like a funeral pose. It's a very yeah. funeral pose. Like, you know, yeah. they're both at rest. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that Kale probably She's garbage, but I kind of buy that she doesn't really want to be alive anymore. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, a curiosity for me is that in the scanlation that I've been using uh, off of Mangadex, that they translate her her bit when she's explaining herself slightly different in a way that actually makes her come across as a little worse than she already does. Really? Because yeah. She said, instead of saying she couldn't forgive Rhea for marrying that man, she says, I couldn't allow her to belong to that man. Oof. Which is a little, makes her come off a little, little creepier here, frankly. I also, like, kind of seems more accurate. It's, it's probably more strictly accurate, but anyway, let's jump over for a minute, because we have an Omake panel to discuss. We have two pages, and uh, I didn't take the notes for this, but, I mean, it shouldn't be difficult to, for us to get through. The, the summary of these pages is basically an extended joke read by the Life Trio as they appear in the manga about the fact that no one named them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, they just go like, hey, so what's our role in the- we don't have a very big part in this manga. To which one of the others chimes back, well yeah, it's called Yuri Kuma Arashi. The Yuri in the title kind of implies it should be about girls. And Life Beauty's like, Oh, so we should be girls, so we get a very cute gender swap. <laughs> and they go, no, that it would just be a different manga. Then we should do boys love instead. And like Life Sexy and Life Cool are on the verge of making out. And then Life Sexy just goes like, actually, now that you mention it, they did have an idea during the initial planning stages. And George Life Beauty's like, wait, really? Yeah, I just managed it in an instant, though. It's just like, cool. Is this the un- the uncomfortable point where I I admit that the life sexy guys always reminded me of the otter cops from Zara's Online? Oh, no! Oh. I mean, you know, like, I see that. There's a similar vibe there. They have an extremely similar vibe to me. Oh, no, no, don't do this to me now. But, uh, yeah, the, the three of them watch the an episode of the anime, and they go like, Huh, in the anime, we don't seem to have genders. And in the manga, which, that's a 
statement. That's a strange statement to make. Uh, I guess they're non-binary in the anime this whole time, and my reading of them was completely off. Uh, and in the manga, we don't appear to have names. Oh, we're talking names. Of course we have them. They're the same as in the anime. <laughs> life sexy, sexy, life cool, life beauty. Life sexy even brings up that sexy got mentioned a few times during this volume. No, it's your you last name. name. <laughs> it's your real name. And a truly sparkling name at that, says Life Beauty. Isn't it weird that we all have the same first name? Yeah, that's a common occurrence. There are three Suzuki sons in my class alone. There's quite a difference between that and life. Well, sexy is fine as it is. Is that okay? <laughs> to which, and Life Beauty signs off. It's just an extended joke about the fact that they forgot to give these characters fucking names. Hey, Abby, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you think all of them having the same first name is a dig at the Sailor Starlights? Oh my gosh, I had not thought about it. And that's so relevant because today's Yaten's birthday. Happy birthday, Yaten! Happy birthday, Queen. Yeah, she's definitely life beauty. And then Seiya's life sexy and Taiki's life cool. That's, I think yeah. that's 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 how I would say that. But because they're civilian identities, they all have the same first name. Ko, yeah. Uh, that's actually a, mis- well, that's a different localization. In the original, they're saying we all have the same surname. Well, yeah, I mean, this, you- yeah, this they're like if it's a Japanese style, it makes a little more sense. Um, yeah. with the that's with what the, the joke yeah. at the end is about is that they're just going like, oh yeah, it's it's just normal for us all to have the same last name and not be related. There are three different people with the last name Suzuki in my class. Yeah. To which one of them points out, this is a little weirder than three people having the name Suzuki. <laughs> I'm I'm just stunned by the Starlight's reference. I I hope I hope that's the reference because. They, they deserve to have that cultural impact. It's a goodie. I would not be shocked. I want to see the Sailor Starlights dressed as the, like, in their, like, suits with, like, the barriers. Because I don't want to see the life boys in the Sailor Starlights uniforms. Oh, <laughs> or, you know what? No. Maybe I do, actually. I take that back. I absolutely do. I want to see both of these, because yeah. Life Beauty just proved A call to fan artists everywhere. If anyone is brave enough wow, do this for just... us, please. Life swapped. Life swapped gender beauty. <laughs> that sounds like a Google Translate like Japanese that would be printed on some merch. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very cute joke. Uh, so, what do we think of these chapters and the end of this volume overall? Oh, I've been loving this. I thought this was great. I hate Ginko's mom so much. Ginko's <laughs> yeah. mom is a piece of shit. She's Me and Alice. Mom. Yeah, it's just. Oh, for sure. Oh, she's so bad, but I mean, I think it's narratively a really interesting part in the manga, and that's kind of coming into its own in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cass, what about you? Oh, about me? I kind of love this volume. This is where I went from the Yuri Kuma manga is just dumb fun to I'm slowly coming around to I don't think I will ever relate to it the same way I related to the anime, but that's fine because the Yurikuma manga has actually quite a bit to say, and I enjoy what it's saying almost as much as I do the anime. It's I would say that the difference between the two is that the anime is a lot more about social policing, which is a theme I find really resonant. Mm-hmm. And it's about how social policing can kind of enforce a sort of weird heteronormativity it's about how arbitrary those standards are. It's about the feelings of exclusion you can go through when you are queer. Mm-hmm. 
And the manga's a lot more about, like, hey, what if we just did a story about how our parents will fuck us up? Like, that's the story. What if our parents just fucked us up and we found hope and happiness in each other? How do, is there even a way to do that without hurting each other in the same exact way that our parents did? Mm-hmm. And it is a very sweet story. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're kind of reading through it. And I'm glad that this volume kind of brought those themes into relief for me. I'm going to be real. Last week's tractors, I think, hit me a little harder because of the penny drop for me on some stuff while reading it. Mm-hmm. About some of the things the manga was trying to say. But this week's were really good, too. And I adore everything that happened in especially this last chapter. I love that Kale is this continuity's author of the book rather than uh, Rhea. Yeah, I think that realizing that the invisible storm is like depression and mental illness was really eye-opening for the rest of the way that this manga has been going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a lot of, I mean, even like, like a lot of manga, I think, and even thinking about like the Utena manga, it's a lot more like Mm -hmm. interior, um, a lot more interiority Mm -hmm. and kind of thinking through these things. Because you can show those kind of thought processes a lot easier in manga than you can in anime with a lot of voiceover. So it leans into that really successfully, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, well, um, if we don't have anything else to say, I think it's time for plugs. So, listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtenaCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And Cass, where can people find that podcast that you and Alice do? I'm glad you asked. You can find our podcast, Big Steppy, everywhere on the internet that fine podcasts are available. And you can find the Twitter account for it at SteppyCast on Twitter. That's S-T-E-P-P-Y cast. And Abby, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? You can call, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Abby Say Swords. That's A-B-B-Y Say Swords. And if you would like to support this show, you can do that at utnacast.com or imagine me in utna.com that is where you can find our patreon and once we wrap up the yurikuma manga we will be doing an episode funded by our patrons where we watch some episodes of wolf's reign and talk about it and i'm pretty excited about it wait we're that's coming up I mean, after we finish this, yeah. Yay! That's going to be between when we finish this and when we start Penguin Drum. So yeah, if you would like to get in touch with us, you could do that at imagineandyushna at gmail.com or you can fill out the Google form that is in our pinned tweet and we will get in contact with you after that. So I think that's everything. I have Pad Thai that is about to be at my house. So gal gal. Gow, gow. Look for the...